The only thing is the customer has to be paying for that level of service. You can't be taking out seats or taking off plastic pieces if the customer is not paying for that level of service. Like, that's just not fair for yourself. Like, why are you going to do all that extra work, all the extra liability of removing bolts and removing wires and, and disconnecting things? And it's like, you're not even charging the proper amount to do that work. Welcome back to the Detailing Business Class Podcast, where you'll learn proven tactics and strategies on sales, marketing, and operations to grow your business. I'm your host, Oscar Gill, and my goal is to elevate you as a detailer and business owner to the next level. Today, I'm answering your questions. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I sometimes post those Q&As on my Instagram stories where you can ask me whatever questions. And today, I'm actually going to answer those questions on the podcast. So uh, it's a wide spectrum of questions like, um, is it okay to still use a customer's power and water? Um, What's been one of the toughest days in your business? And why did it take us so long to get into PPF? So a bunch of questions. You'll learn something. Just stick with me on this episode. And really quick is if you want to learn directly how we've grown our business to over $10,000 per month, you can go to detailclass.com or click the link down in the show notes or in, in the description box if you're watching this on YouTube and sign up for the free training. You'll see how we went from how I went from a struggling detailer to a booked out detailer and the marketing that went behind it. Just go to detailclass.com. Let's go ahead and get started with this episode. And welcome back. Let's go ahead and get started with these questions. These are in no particular order. I'm just kind of scanning them and seeing um, which one is kind of interesting. So this one right here from Mr. Danny R. Detailer says, what took you so long to show interest in PPF? Um, It's one of those things where you really have to decide, this kind of in the way, you really have to decide what is a priority or what's an opportunity and what's a distraction, right? Because in your business, you, you can always find things to start or to add or to offer in your business that at face value, it looks good. For instance, like, yeah, of course we want to add more services. Of course we want to go mobile. Of course we want to have a shop. Of course we want to offer more services. And you really have to prioritize what makes most sense at the given time. So if, you know, it, it, what you offer and what you do is going to be different from when you're first getting started to when you have your first helper to when you have your first full-time employee to when you're at 15000 a month, when you're at 25000 a month, when you go from mobile to shop, from shop and you add a mobile unit, like there's phases to where you are in your business. So you can go back to the older videos and you'll see that I at some point mentioned something about like we might do PPF. That's something that we might do in the future. But at the time, I was just more focused on doing what we were doing better, right? Which is just, you know, depending again, which timeline you're looking at, we're in the timeline. That could have been me being a mobile detailer. That could have been me um, and Lex being mobile detailer. That could have been us getting our shop for the first time. So um, so not, I wouldn't say that what took you so long, it's more so of you can't, you have to be a bit more, um, strategic of where you play your cards, right? As far as what you're going to do. And this is going to look different for every single individual. Um, some people, um, might offer this from the very get go. Others might never offer it. Others might just sub it out. Like there, there's so many ways that you can go about adding a new service or, or doing things in your business. So, um, so we're here now we're working towards getting, um, uh, angel trained for PPF and then he's going to come back here and train us. He's also going to go get, um, 
uh, vinyl training, uh, car wrapping, and he's going to come back and train us. So, um, yeah, so, so, so we're moving that in that direction. Also, I want to actually point out, actually, I'll, I'll wait for another um, podcast um, to, to make that video. But real, real quick, though, is that there's a lot of people saying that it's a bad idea on that we should send, we should send Angel um, to training. Uh, let me just make a little note here. A lot of people are saying it's a bad idea to send Angel to training because he's just going to leave. Um, and with that kind of mentality, it's like if you play the what if game on what can happen, you can easily paint whatever picture you want in your head, right? Like for instance, yeah, if, if, and this can literally work for anything. Oh yeah. If you, if you send angel, he's going to leave you. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's like, so what if you send him the training and he leaves? Okay. He leaves. What if we send him the training and he stays here for three years? What if we send him the training and we don't get any customers. What if we send them the training and our business completely blows up? What if we send them the training and we still cut a, a uh, cut on the customer's paint? What if we send them a training and like if you play the what if game, you can win or lose however you see fit, right? Like so, it's I'm not really looking at like, oh, what if that, what if this. I'm like, dude, what if tomorrow a meteor hits planet Earth and I'm the only survivor? Then what? Like I don't know, bro. Like it's. You, you kind of make the best calls that you can at that given time, and that's just the best thing that you do. Um, so anyway, I'll, I'll hold off on that for another episode so I, I can go kind of deep pause in that um, uh, talking about that. And I'll actually have Angel and Lex on the next episode um, to, to kind of um, go a bit more in-depth in that. Okay, so uh, next one here is from Manier, Manier.detailing. What was your toughest day? Um, so a very broad question. Um, and that could be looked at in different ways, right? Um, so, I mean, some of the hardest detailing days was definitely when I was on my own, just because that's you dealing with all the work, right? Dealing with the customers, dealing with the communication, dealing with the schedule, doing the details, prepping the vehicle. So I'd say as far as the hardest details that I've done have been on my own. Now, that's not to say that we haven't had some rough goes in the field with a team or me and Lex, but for sure, like I probably one of the toughest detailing days and it's probably like more so in the, a lot of them were like in the early phases, right? Like doing corrections outside in the parking lot, you know, of a, of, of a hotel, um, not having all the tools and products. Um, the, 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 the busiest day I had, I think as far as number of vehicles, I think I did like four vehicles in one day and two were at one or uh, three were at one location and one or two, I forget, it was a while ago, but I think it was like two at one location, one at another location, and then another one at another location, all from the same customer, but I went to two or three different locations. And I kid you not, from like, from 8 a.m. to like 7.30 p.m., I was, I was literally just like moving, trying to knock out all these cars in one day. Um, I think for that day, it was like $850, I believe. No break. Um, and it was straight, just go, 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 go the entire time. Um, so that was a tough day for sure. Um, and again, like there's, that's also a different question because, you know, tough days can also be when that one time when we had the uh, the employee just like leave midday and I just like jumped in the van and we headed to the to the customer and then that customer's job ended up being very bad. And I, I hadn't eaten all day. It was very hot. Um, it was a long day. I wasn't able to get to any of my work. Um, so that was a tough day. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely been tough days, like 100%, whether it's physically or mentally, as far as like very frustrated or um, just not in a good mental zone as far as like how things are going. Like 100%, everyone goes through that. So um, yeah, good question though. Uh, okay, so next question here is uh, from Sky Detailing is, was there a mentality or habit that you have changed the more successful you're getting? Um, so on that one, and that's kind of like a, I always I always read those questions with a little grain of salt when it's like um, the more successful you get because I I think I think you start in order and this is not 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 this is not me this is anyone all right you that that's listening to this episode this applies to you this is you is if you're successful at something I would say like you already have some habits or characteristics that got you to that point you know. So like for me, if I say, yeah, so what, what helped me be successful is that I'm consistent. I try to learn and be better. I have no ego towards anything. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best every time. So if I was doing that, you know, five years ago, I, I was also doing that three years ago. I was also doing that one year ago and I'm doing that right now. And that's what I'll be doing two years from now. You know, so, um, so that's, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of, like, I think, you know, I could be wrong because there are some people that kind of just get a bit of money or see a bit more success and I guess change up a little bit. But, um, yeah, as far as the mentality or habits, I mean, and that's, I, I can, I can make a whole different episode on zone too. So I'll actually highlight this and I'll kind of talk about what I think has helped me the most turn into not turn, but has helped me kind of build the good habits and such as to why um, I am where I am. But uh, to answer this one kind of quickly is, um, you know, it's it being, it's, it's going to sound so boring, right? So mundane. So like you've heard this a thousand times, but consistent consistency, discipline um, of showing up every day of, and I really take the heart of having the no ego thing. Um, if there's something I need to learn, if there's something I don't know, if there's something I'm not sure of, if there's something I'm not confident in, I don't have the sense of pride or ego to say that I don't know or that I need to figure it out or that I need help or that, you know, whatever the case may be. So uh, with those three, four things, I mean, that's like the, I would say it's like a very fundamental thing to anyone being successful of any kind. Um, you know, good days, bad days, um, when you feel like it or not, like it's important to show up and to do your very best. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean every single day that you're just going to be hitting it out the park, right? There might be a time where I'm not feeling well, whether it's like I'm being sick or just mentally, I'm kind of like tired and I need a break. Um, I might show up and that that might look like I send a few emails to customers and I post an Instagram post, right? That might be showing up for that day. There's other days where uh, we might book in five cars and we might service four vehicles and we might make $1,000 and I might post a YouTube video, right? So it's going to vary, again, depending on where you are, what you're doing. Um, but it is it is showing up even when things aren't going your way because that that leads to consistency. You know, um, you just you can't be great when you want. Um, you know, like it's it's always better to just be consistent than having those little sh- uh, uh, short bursts of days where like you're doing great and then you go on on a steep downhill. Like just it's it's consistency helps a lot in developing habits or into getting better experience. So one thing for sure, I could say like, even when I had a, a full-time job, when I had two jobs, 
like I was staying consistent the best I could, right? Relative to like how much time I had and what I had to do to work on my website, to work on my SEO, to schedule cars in, right? I'm not saying like every hour of the day I was doing that, but the, the available time that I had in between working the two jobs, I would still work on my business. Um, but that's a good question. I'll definitely make another episode on that and break it down even more. Um, okay, so next question here is, um, what kind of... What kind of job or project takes you to Tennessee? So uh, just this past, not this past weekend, but from Tuesday to Thursday, I was in Nashville, Tennessee uh, for uh, with Jobber. They flew me out over there. And there's they're uh, launching a new podcast, which uh, I think, no, yeah, this episode will come out far before the Jobber, uh, the Jobber podcast. So um, one thing we're going to do is uh, they're going to do, a, it's called like a, a, a podcast takeover where one of the episodes that I shot uh, at, um, in Nashville with Jobber, um, I'll upload it here. That way you guys can listen to it on this podcast. And then if you want to catch the other episodes, you can go check out the Jobber podcast, but it was for a podcast. Um, and it was cool. It was a good experience. Um, the, the studio was, was, was very professional. Um, and it, it kind of gave me some ideas of like how I could kind of remake this little studio or, or in the future, I can remake our studio to make it look a little better. Which it's one of those things where, and this is a great example of like doing, doing the kind of work and running the kind of like the kind of operation that you want. Because realistically, I mean, do I need, do I need, if you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, do I need this, uh, this, um, road broadcast, uh, road procaster pro, I think it's called. Do I need this like $600 unit? Probably not. Do I need, if there's a guest with me here, do I need two cameras rolling? We could probably do it with one. Um, and I want, I, I want to get a third camera that way there could be three angles. And it's like, do I really need all that? It's like, no, probably not. And it's like, did I have to soundproof this room? And it's like, probably not. But it's like, this is the level that I want to take the podcast. And this, this is the level that, that I want to operate with what we do. So it's like, that's what I want. You know, like I, I would like to have a third camera. Um, I would like to have a better studio that looks cooler. Like that just, is it really necessary? Is it, is it really going to like dramatically change the podcast? And like, oh my God, like, there's a third camera. So now we're going to get 10 times of you like, no, but this is just the level that I want to operate at. Um, and, and, and that kind of falls into everything else. Like, do you have to run a business where you're super professional and you're very punctual and that, you know, um, you're on top of things. It's like, well, technically no, but like, that's the level we're going to operate at. You know, like we want to be on time, the customer's appointments. We want to make sure the customer's taking care, taken care of. We want to make sure that, um, they enjoy the services. We want to make sure that, um, you know, so like technically do you have to do that? No, but that's simply the, 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 the level that we operate at. So just a little interesting to, um, a little interesting to, to point out. Um, next question from Alex is how many trucks do you have for the business? So we only have, two, technically we have two company vehicles. We have my original, um, 2009 HHR panel. That is Mr. Mr. That's a, that's milk truck. That's what we call it. Except we're uh, we're currently wrapping it to this matte brushed red vinyl, and so we're gonna turn it into a fire truck. Um, but we have that one. Um, that's paid off for. The only thing we pay for is just gas and and the uh, commercial auto insurance. And then we have the uh, 2015 Ram Promaster, the Ram 1500. What's it called? The Ram 1500 Promaster. That one we purchased for I think like twenty or twenty one thousand dollars. I think there is like. 8,000 left on the car note, I think. Um, and that obviously gas and, and commercial auto insurance. 
So just to think, I, I highly doubt we'll get another van now that we're kind of shifting gears and, and, and to how we're running our business. I do not think we'd get another vehicle. And eventually, I mean, if, again, I'm not, I'm not saying anything, but I'm just like, I, I can see a point where like we, because right now we're like maybe 30, 25% mobile work now. So there's definitely a path to where we're like 5% mobile work and like we're really just all at the shop for the most part. So um, it'll be interesting to see what we do with the van. If it comes to that point. Okay, so good question. Um, next up here is, I can't read the full name because it got cut off. Or no, is it? One Ill Detail. I believe that's the whole name. Um, so what's an easy next step after washing a car to level up your business? Um, anything, anytime I get asked that kind of question, like what do I do next to grow my business? It's like, what, what kind of business do you want? Um, what are your goals? What do you want out of life? What do you want... Um, what do you want your date to look like? Um, what does success look like to you? Um, does it necessarily mean you have to grow the business? Do you have to go from, you know, 2,000 to 5,000? Do you go to, you know, 5,000 to 12,000? 12,000 to 25,000? 25,000 to 40,000? Like, what does success look like to you? Um, so what's the next step to, le- to level up your, your business? It's like, well, what do you specifically want? You know, um, not everyone wants to have a super busy schedule. Not everyone wants to work five days out of the week. Not everyone wants to you know, have that mindset of like grow, 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 grow. If that means you have to work more hours and have more stress and, and manage employees and have more bills like that, that's not for everyone. Um, no right or wrong answer. It's just like, what do you want at a business? Um, but aside from that, I mean, a, a easy answer I can, I can give is like, get more, get more customers, right? Get more leads, uh, focus on your marketing, uh, get, get, get your phone to, to ring more, get more email submission forms. Um, so that's, that's the easy one, but this is really like a, what do you want out of it? All right, so next question from Mr. Jose. It says, uh, is it bad if I'm still using customers' water and electricity? Been on for a year. Um, no, not at all. I mean, I literally used the customer's power and water for about seven years as a mobile detailer when I was on my own. Now, I did have a generator in my HHR panel, and it would definitely help out to have power. But if I was at a... of the time, I would end up at a customer's home location. So it was super easy to just hook up to their power and water. And no, I kid, like not one time ever did I ever have a customer complain about me using their power or water. Even till this day, in 2023, when we have our Ram ProMaster with a 100-gallon water tank, with an 8750 generator, with all the reels and machines that we need, customers still tell us, hey, by the way, if you need water, it's right there. If you need an, elect- uh, an electrical plug, it's over there. If you need an extension cord, it's over there. Like they still help us out by saying, hey, if you need anything, let us know. So it's never been a problem for us. If you do have a customer that is somewhat complaining or hesitant to let you use your power and water, really ask yourself, is that the kind of customer you want to work with? Probably not. So good question there. Next question is uh, from Foreign Auto Care. Do you remove seats if the interior needs a deep cleaning? Okay, yeah, so we actually do. I've made some videos in the past where we don't move seats, and most of the vehicles that we work on, we don't remove seats. But if that, if it's that, if it's that level of service that we are going to remove the seats that really need it, we will. But the big caveat to this, though, is if you're going to remove seats, one, the customer has to be paying for, actually, the only thing is the customer has to be paying for that level of service. You can't be taking out seats or taking off plastic pieces if the customer is not paying for that level of service. Like, 
that's just not fair for yourself. Like, why are you going to do all that extra work, all the extra liability of removing bolts and removing wires and, and disconnecting things? And it's like, you're not even charging the proper amount to do that work. Right. I mean, I get so many comments of like, these people don't even remove seats. It's like, all right, like we a hundred percent will, but what we're going to add this extra work and this extra like things that we're going to do just because like what that, that, that we feel like we should, that it's, it's the right thing. Don't get me wrong. Like we want to do the best work that we can, but that doesn't just mean, Hey, don't worry about it, man. We're going to do everything for free because we want to give you the best service. So even if you're not going to pay for that level of service, we're still going to jack up your car. We're still, uh, as far as like jack it up on stands, we're still going to re- remove your wheels. We're going to clean the inner barrels. We're going to clean your suspension. And don't worry. It, I know you're paying for a $50 wash, but we're going to do all, because that's the right thing to do. Of course not. No, it, they have to pay for that level of service. Okay, so next question from Cardos Cardos. That's literally the username. Uh, he has a YouTube channel. He actually made a video on my video, so go check him out. It says, uh, have you ever Ubered a customer from your shop to their spot for what? For those without a ride. Yeah. So uh, we've done that a few times, meaning um, maybe a customer like lives down the street. So they'll come drop off their vehicle. We'll jump in the van, the HHR or the 4Runner and we'll, we'll drive them back. Like it, it literally has to be like within like 10 minutes of a drive. Um, other times is um, they'll just Uber themselves. We've never paid for the Uber. Um, so typically if someone gets Ubered, it's because they paid that themselves. Um, or if they're within the, the like really close area, we'll just drop them off. But as far as us, like, hey, we're going to pay for your Uber. No, we've never done that. All right. Next question is, how many cars do you detail per week? And that's from jm.detailcars. Uh, so this one is, is uh, this is one that's always going to be changing because um, it might be, you know, if we have a, a correction in coding and like a smoke order removal, those are a bit more intensive jobs. So they'll take a little longer. So they take up more time on the schedule. Versus like, let's say we just had like nothing but like maintenance work, like washes and, and basic interior cleanings. I mean, you can get like, you know, uh, 20 cars on the schedule. So it just depends on what we're working on. But give or take, I mean, as a, as a general like number, you could look at around like 8 to 12 to 14. Just to, again, it just depends on what all we're doing. Moving forward into, and again, like it, it Never focus on like how many cars did you do, right? Because what's more important, like how much revenue did you generate? How much profit was in those vehicles, right? What were the margins on those vehicles? Uh, it's, it's not just saying, well, I, I did 14 vehicles. Like that is just uh, a vanity metric. Like, so what? What's the context behind that? You did 20 vehicles, but each one was $100. Like, congrats. That, that's $2,000. Um, or What did I just say? I don't know, we get the point where it's like you could do 10 cars at 100 bucks. Okay, that's a thousand. Or you could do two cars at $4,000 and that's $8,000. You see what I'm saying? But as I was about to say, is um, moving into vinyl and PPF, that could definitely change because the average ticket price of those are much higher than just detailing alone. So if we're right now doing eight to 12 cars per week, I mean, moving into the future with focusing on correction coatings, PPF, and vinyl. I mean, that could go down to like two cars a week, three cars a week. And that's because although you're dropping the number of vehicles you're working on, the ticket price balloons up to, you know, uh, 1,200, 2,400, 4,400. Um, and that's like, you know, so obviously you're, you're doing much less volume, but the revenue per vehicle is like way higher um, than just doing a bunch of like, you know, interior cleanings or, or washing waxes or like, 
things of you know services of, of that category. But I'll go ahead and end it right there. I'll be making more thorough podcast on some of the questions that I got here because they were good questions. I can I can really um, dive deep into those. So thank you very much. I'll talk to you on the next one. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Detailing Business Class Podcast. Please leave a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify as that greatly helps the show. If you're ready to start your detailing business, head on over to detailgroup.co and download your free guides.